Go with me please to 1 Samuel, the second chapter. The Lord began to really speak to me about this meeting a few weeks ago. And he's given me some outstanding things. I didn't come up with them. He gave them to me. And so you know, especially you ministers know, it is vitally important. I can't get it out on my own. You could say it, but that don't mean it would be, it would minister. Uh, it has to be by the anointing, by the utterance. It's the anointing that removes the burdens and destroys the oak. It's the anointing that teaches, not the intellect. It's the anointing. Paul said, when I came to you, I didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom. He said, I wanted your faith to stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Why? Because that's how you get it. You don't get it by someone explaining it to you. Even though they might be doing a perfect job. Even though they might see amazing things, that doesn't mean you will get any of it by hearing it. It's the anointing. Somebody say, it's the anointing. It's the anointing. Oh, Hallelujah. It's the anointing that teaches. It's the anointing that reveals. It's the anointing that reminds. It's the anointing that quickens. The anointing is another word for the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. You have something on you. Someone on you. (laughs) Somebody say, Holy Spirit. Get in the chair with me. (laughs) I know he's in you. But he can come on you too. And you know it when he does. The Bible said. uh, When they were all filled with the spirit of God. In Acts 2. The cloven tongues like as a fire. Sat on them. Sat on them. Well now if I sit on Keith right here. Keith, can you feel that? Yeah. <laughs> if somebody sits on you, would you know it? Yeah. Well, when the Holy Spirit sits on you. Somebody say, Holy Spirit, sit on me. Sit on. When he sits on you, you'll see things. You'll know things. You'll remember things. You'll get things. Things will click. You'll see how this fits with this and this fits with this and why this happened and why this didn't. And you can see it so fast you can't write it down. You can't. (laughs) It's already begun. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, mm -mm. 1 Samuel 2 verse 30. 1 Samuel 2 30. I just want to draw your attention to the last phrase. The Lord said, for them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Said out loud, for them that honor me, I will honor. They that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. The subject I have for this week is honor and increase. Honor and increase. Does God honor 
people. Yes. Does he? Yes, he does. How does that work? I mean, if God honored you, would you know it? What? Like how? Oh, there's a myriad of ways. If uh, other people are not making it, and you do, because of his help, he honored you. Other people lost their house and closed their business, and you opened up three branches. It's not because you're so smart and pretty. That's God honoring you. Other people lose their babies to disease and sickness, and yours didn't even get sick. That's God honoring you. One of the greatest honors is his presence. I mean, if you have a gathering and somebody that you greatly respect and and love shows up, you say, you honored me with your presence. You came to my thing. But this honor is not indiscriminate. It's not just doled out equally. He honors you and me in the way we honor him. Come on, can you see this? His being able to honor us righteously is connected to how we honor him. If we honor him more than somebody over here, he has a right to do things for us that didn't happen for them. He's just in it. But if we don't honor him, then where's that justification? The the last part of the phrase is just as true as the first. Read it again. For them that honor me, I will honor. And what else? They that despise me. They that despise, despise is the opposite of honor. And when we hear despise... In our modern vernacular, we, it kind of has the connotation of being disgusted with something, detesting something. But that could be a part of despising something, but there's a whole lot more to it than that. You can despise something by simply ignoring it. By simply ignoring it. The word honor... If you look it up, it's from the word that means to be heavy and or to make weighty. Heavy, weighty. And its, its meaning has to do with worth. Worth, value. If something, I mean, in, in our, even in our modern society, currency is supposed to be based on weight, gold. Gold is one of the heaviest metals around. It's so heavy. It's so valuable. And before the days of uh, credit cards, when you went to the market to buy something, They said it cost X amount. Shekels, drachmas, whatever the case might be. And there was a big scale sitting out there. 
And the more expensive it was, that's the more heavy you had to put on the other side. Is that right? If it was super expensive, you had to pull out the big bricks. Is that right? Weighty means valuable, means expensive, means important, precious. Well, despise is the opposite of it. Despising something means you treat it lightly. You treat it as though it's unimportant, not valuable, not precious, insignificant, trivial. And here's the great truth. Ever how we treat God and his things is exactly how we will be treated and how our things will be treated. And if we understood this, we would be very desirous to learn how to honor him more. Is he worth thee? Worthy? Is he worth honoring? What's God's weight on the atomic scale. I think it's beyond gold. I know it is. Beyond platinum. Beyond the densest materials. Because he made all that. How dense is he of good? How heavy is he? The same words translated glory. Ha <laughs> ha. What's glory? Glory is heavy with good, heavy with precious, heavy with valuable. But in this life, we will be treated the way we treat Him. And that's righteous, that's fair. I already know some things about you. You're here. Tonight, on a Monday night. Looking, reaching, believing for what? Something's more valuable to you than you staying at home playing golf. Or shopping or watching a movie. There's other folks that could have been here. And if the Lord told you to do something else, well, that's great. But if you, he told you to come, or any church, or any meeting, or any time, but you didn't because something else was more important to you, and you didn't see that as valuable, then there will be a point where your things are not treated as valuable. In uh, Mark, the fourth chapter, just... Put a mark there in 1 Samuel. We're coming back there, I think. Put you a ribbon if you have one or finger, whatever it is, piece of paper. And we're going to Mark 4. Mark 4, 23. In Mark 4, 23, Jesus said, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. So not everybody has ears to hear. What determines who does and who doesn't? What makes a hearing ear? 
I won't take time, I don't have time to go into all of it, but one of the biggest things that makes a hearing ear is a willing heart. A willing heart and mind. And your willingness has to do with how you see it, how you value it. If you see no value in it, you got no time for it. You don't want to hear it. But if it's important to you, you're all ears. Right? And if you see it that way, and you count it precious and important, and you're willing to receive it and do it, your heart is tuned to his frequency. The Lord gave me this phrase one time. He said, uh, you can pick up the plan on the willing band. <laughs> you know, like you got an AM band, FM band, whatever. Well, you can't pick up FM station on the AM band. And a lot of folks say, well, I never hear from God. Well, it's not because he's not talking. If you say, well, I, they're not broadcasting at the FM station. Why? Because I can't pick them up. Well, because you're on the AM band. Because you can't pick them up doesn't prove they're not broadcasting. Other people are getting it loud and clear. <laughs> Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Say it out loud. I can pick up the plan on the willing band. You know, the Lord let me go see my dad in heaven. I didn't see the master. I didn't see the throne. I wasn't there long. I'm convinced one of the reasons we don't have too much detail about heaven is because it makes us want to go so bad <laughs> right now. And uh, it's just, it's, it's mercy that you don't know too much about it right now. But uh, it was wonderful. When It is such an amazing thing to see somebody that you buried their body. And it's just, the first thing we did was hug. And you talk about hug, it was a hug, brother. And we stayed hugged up the whole time. And one of the great things is... Nothing needed to be said. You know how down here, and you hear people that a loved one went on, and they'll say, I didn't get to tell them that, or did they know how much I loved them, or, or all this. When I saw him, none of that needed to be said. I knew how much he loves me. He knows. How much I love him. You didn't have to try to stumble around and find the words. It's there. You know, they know. Completely. I was reminded of the scripture, you'll know as you are known. And it's wonderful. We stumble around so much down here. Try to tell people stuff and they didn't half get it and you didn't say it right. And <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that's gone. Gone. Good riddance. But the thing I wanted to tell you about is we were walking down through this, this place and there was activity going on. And I don't, 
I don't know exactly what they were doing, but there were different things going on in different places, activities. It was, and it was open air. There was no ceiling, no roof. And everybody was happy and excited. And we walked by, and there were two men over here in this kind of a circular deal doing something. And they said, one of them said, Brother Keith, hey, Brother Keith, it's Brother Keith. He punched the other guy. He said, Brother Keith, yeah, it's Brother Keith. I thought, who are these guys? <laughs> and I turned around, and one of them started saying, one of them said, what's the answer to a thousand and one questions? <laughs> and the other guy said, be led. They, they both said, be led, and they laughed, and they carried on. And they said about four or five different things that I have said in preaching. Glory to God. I was just astounded. And then they looked at, they looked at me and they said, man, that helped me so much. That helped me so much when I was in, on the earth. And now they're up there. What we do down here lasts. And one reason I said that is because that thing I just told you, you can pick up the plan. On the willing band. I don't believe I came up with that. So these things matter. Hallelujah. I don't know why I got into all that. but Heaven is real. And it's a lot nicer than here. Lots. Lots nicer. Mark 4. He that has ears to hear. If any man has ears to hear. Let him hear. And he said to them. Take heed what you hear with what measure you meet it shall be measured to you and unto you that hear shall more I'll, I'll take care of that right now yes Lord there are some people saying that Jesus words and teachings in the gospels don't apply to us because it was pre-death, burial, and resurrection. And so it was attached to the law. This is not true. The Bible said the law and prophets were until John. Is anybody listening? Do not make light of the words of the Master. And he warned. If anybody takes away from this and teaches men so? That's right. It's a serious thing. Yeah. All the word of God oh. is God breathed, inspired. Yes. Come on, are you listening? And unless something in the New Testament tells you it is modified by covenant, it stands as it is written. And you will not be doing anybody a favor by making light and by ignoring these things. These are universal truths. They were true. Ages past. And they are true throughout eternity. He said. Take heed what you hear. How many believe that's still true today? You should take heed. Is this true? Take heed what you hear. Why? Why does it matter? Whether you take heed, we'd say today, pay attention. And Luke says, take heed how you hear. How. Important both what you hear 
and how you hear it. Why is that important? Because the measure you meet, or this is actually the same word, the measure you measure to it will determine how it's measured to you. This is another way of saying, them that honor me, I will honor. Hold your place here. No, actually don't. Just put this on the screen. For 1 Thessalonians 2.13, I believe it is. He said, for this cause, thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men. How did they measure it? They didn't measure it as Paul's ideas. They measured it as it is in truth, as it really is. The word of God. Now notice the rest of the phrase. Which effectually works also in you. That believe because they measured it with respect and honor. It was working powerfully in them. Oh come on can you see this? Because they measured it. With respect. And, and, and they sat there. and, and they, like, Paul was speaking. But to them they said God's talking. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. And because they did. That word Paul said. The spirit of God through Paul said. Is working effectively. In you. And this. Reveals tactic device of the enemy the devil is a despiser this is his mode of operation he is a mocker a blasphemer a despiser a belittler that's him that's his nature that's how he operates and it's not just to be mean although he is He hates God. And he hates everything about God. He hates you and me. He hates all of God's stuff. He hates it. But the belittling and despising is not just the actions of someone that's irritated. It is strategy. It's strategy. Because if he can get you to despise something. He diminishes its effectiveness in your life. That's worth you coming to church for right there. In fact the Lord. Gave me this phrase. If you diminish its place. You weaken its power. The place you give it. You give it a lot of place. It'll have a lot of effect in your life. You give it no place, it'll have no effect. We know this is true. If you diminish its place, you weaken its power. Have people heard the gospel and didn't mean a thing to them? They thought, I don't believe all that. What kind of effect did it have in their life? 
Zero. You might have heard it several times and didn't give it any place. But there was a time. You remember the time? When you heard the word and you thought, that's me. That's me. I need Jesus. That's me. Come on, are you coming down with me? I need I need to be saved. <laughs> Come on, anybody beside me? No. That's me. And you respected that word. And the Holy Spirit who was dealing with you, you didn't tell him to leave you alone. You respected him and you said, yes, sir, here I go. And you went to the altar or you bowed down in front of a TV or by a radio or whatever it was. And you said, Lord, 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 are you giving him place? Are you giving him respect? Are you giving his word respect? And it worked powerfully in you when you did that. Well, it's not just the word about salvation and the new birth. All of his words are that way. All of his words are that way. Hallelujah. The devil is a despiser. Everybody with me on this. What does he try to get you to do? It's subtle. It's tricky. It's crafty. Sometimes it's not a word at all. It's a feeling. And, and it matches phrases like this. No big deal. Whatever. These can be, if you're talking about anything that has to do with God, the enemy has gotten you to belittle it, and so now it's not going to have effect in your life. There were people when he preached that didn't receive it because they said, yeah, but this is our tradition. Remember that? And they wouldn't respect what he was telling them, throwing this tradition. And he said, your traditions have made the word of God of what? The word of God of no effect? The word of God that created the heavens and the earth of no effect. The devil can't do that. There are no beings in existence in anywhere in the universe that can depower a word of God. Cannot. There is no force that can depower a word of God. The only way it can happen is if the enemy can convince you to ignore it, belittle it, despise it. Come on, are you with me? And he knows God won't force it on you. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. Don't cast your pearls before swine. If you don't appreciate it, he'll go, okay. You have judged yourself unworthy of this eternal life when God says I sent you my son it's supposed to mean something I said it's supposed to mean you're supposed to stand up and say oh father I reverence what you have done I I honor because everybody listening how heavy is that to you I sent you my son (laughs) I sent you my son You say, Father, that means everything to me. I respect that. And he said, concerning the twelve and concerning the seventy, if you receive the one I send, you receive me. 
And if you receive me, you receive the one who sent me. Delegation is big to God. So we also need to take seriously those he's put in our life. We know they're human like us. We know they make mistakes. But if God chose them, that ought to be enough for you to show some respect. If God's using them. You know, Peter, as his right to stand up and help some folks that were, you know, stumbling over themselves theologically, he said a while ago, you know, God chose by my mouth the salvation had come to the Gentiles and everybody shut up. Why? Because they knew it was true. Right? What does that mean? Everybody else needs to hush now. Somebody says, well, I don't know if I believe. God could have picked you, but he didn't. Hush. Do we need some of this in our minds and life? We live in a loose, lax, disrespectful, is that right, world? We don't have to be that way. I say we don't have to be that way. We heard a report from some of our teachers in the public schools around Branson here a while back. It blessed Phyllis and I so much we just shouted and shouted. They said the young people from your church are some of the most respectful, some of the nicest young people we've ever seen. Man, that makes you want to run the aisle because that, that's God. You know why they show respect to their English teacher and their coach? Because they respect God. And if you respect God, it shows up in respect for people. If it never shows up with people, it's not there for God. It's just not there. Why are we talking about these things? For one, it's just right. But also, if we learn how to honor him more, tell me what follows. He is going to honor you more, and you want that more than you know. You want that. Don't seek the glory of men. Seek the glory that comes from him. I said don't seek the glory. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Don't seek the glory of men. Seek the glory that comes from him. Don't seek to impress people. What do they know? (laughs) They may be rightly impressed. They may be confused. And they're very likely to change their mind next week. Oh, but if God's pleased with you and you show him respect and he honors you, that's forever. Nobody can take it away from you. Hallelujah. Let me finish reading this and then we'll go back to 1 Samuel. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. Take heed what you hear. Oh, my. Phyllis has been listening a lot lately to Brother Hagin's teachings on faith from 40 and 50 years ago. And she just got stirred up about it. And and, and she'll say, we heard that a hundred times. And I'm getting things I've never heard before. Why? A different measure. She's grown. Hmm? And so she's giving more place to it. You know, when you're three years old, you may be hearing something that's really important. 
but your attention span ain't very long. Is that right? <laughs> and you lost them somewhere after sit down and be still and listen. And, and, but when you're 40, that should have changed. Right? You should be able to focus, pay attention longer. Same thing happens spiritually. And uh, spiritual people are those who discern the value of what they're hearing. Carnal folks don't. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 talks about that. But him that has ears to hear. Two people can be in the same service. One of them leave bored. The other leave with their life changed. And they heard the same thing. No, they didn't. One of them heard ho-hum. The other one heard life-changing hallelujah. Say it out loud. With what measure you meet, it'll be measured to you. And to you that hear, shall more be given. Is this week of increase? How do you get more? How do you get more? You change the measure of how you're hearing. And you'll get more. Unto you that hear shall more be given. Read the next verse. For he that has to him shall be given. And he that has not from him shall be taken even that which he has. To him that has shall, shall be given. Him that has not from him will be taken even. Is that fair? (laughs) Shouldn't have to think long about that. This is red letters. Now if you. If you put this with other passages. Another place where he talked about this. Was where we call the parable of the talents. Right? He gave one man five. He gave one man two. He gave one man one. And the man with five wound up with eleven. Some said, no, it was ten. No, it was eleven. Anybody, anybody read the story? How did he get eleven? Anybody remember? Because he got his five plus five he made plus the Lord said, give him the one that the guy buried. So now he's got eleven. And this man's got none. Right. Yeah. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Is that fair? Yes. Or should we pass a law <laughs> that forces the guy with the 11 to divide them equally no. so that all three have an equal share? That'd be fair, right? No. no. Hmm. Jesus is right. I said he's right. Why did the guy with five wind up with 11? Because he valued. He valued what the Lord gave him. And did everything he knew how to do. With what? To use what God. Come on can you see? To use what God gave him. Why take the one away from the man. If that's the only one he's got. He didn't appreciate it. He didn't value it. He shouldn't have it. 
I said he shouldn't have it. Give it to somebody that'll do something with it. That values it. That's fair in the Lord's eyes. If you don't think so, talk to him about it. And get your mind renewed. You got to watch out about the world. Don't be conformed to this world. Nobody owes you anything. Darling. I said it's sweet, right? Nobody owes you anything. God is fair. He's just. He's good. Can you say, I believe it? Thank you, Lord. To him that has shall be given. He that has not from him will be taken even that which he has. Go back with me to 1 Samuel, 2nd chapter. When God said, them that honor me, I will honor. That's the end of the chapter. What led up to that? It was primarily about offering. It was primarily concerned offerings. I got some answers this past week. Some things I've been looking for for decades. Some answers I've been looking for as to why some things are the way they are. Some of the things I may need to say could be strong. The important thing is, is it true? Is it right? And, you know, the things that could help you the most, if you would receive them, are some of the same things that would aggravate you. (laughs) Might make you mad. Might hurt your feelings. Slap you and spank you at the same time. (laughs) Listen to this. You know, it's just not right to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. And he's looking at you. Dogs. You got a choice. See there was some racism stuff going on here. Syrophoenicians and Jews. It was a big deal. Jews didn't drink from the same cups. Syrophoenicians drank from. This stuff's always been around. For some reason. When I say some reason, it it don't have to be skin color or country background. It can be you're from 50 miles down the road. It's always been, you know, y'all sprinkle instead of dunk. So, (laughs) and uh, when he told her this, she's a Syrophoenician, and he's a Jewish man, and he used the word dog. Y'all with me? With the wrong person thinking this this could really explode right now. This could, right? Dog? Dog? Who are you calling a dog? Let me tell you, we Syrophoenicians, just as good as you Jews, a lot better than you Jews and some of the Jews I know. But let me tell you. And she could have had her say, and she could have left without. Because the truth was, a lot of them live like dogs. They did. 
What's it time to say? What'd she say? Truth. What does that mean? You are right. About what? <laughs> what you just said about the dogs and it ain't right and how we've lived and what we've done and let me give you a good phrase to always respond. When the Lord says something, say, truth, Lord. That is, you are right. Sure, sure right. And if your flesh gets all worked up, tell your flesh to shut up. Shut up. Why? We want a miracle. We want to tell somebody off. What good does that do you the next day? We want our answer. We want our miracle. Truth, Lord. And yet in her humility, grace comes to the humble. In her humility, the Spirit of God told her what to say. Truth, Lord. You, you say we like dogs? Bow wow. I mean, <laughs> truth. When you're right, you're right. I mean, what, what can I say? But dogs get crumbs. Dogs get the scraps. I mean, I don't need much, just some, you know, piece of a biscuit. I mean, just just a piece of a cracker and a big old smile broke across the Lord's face. The thing that would rub you the, the wrong way, the thing that would irritate you, if you could receive it, if you would have the humility and faith to receive it, could be the thing that would cause you to get free the quickest and grow and develop the furthest in the shortest amount of time. Thank you, Lord. So somebody say, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Your servant will hear. I pray and I say, Lord, help me not to offend anybody unnecessarily. That's how I pray. Why? Because if you offended over the word, I'm sorry about that, but I can't help you. But if, I, if you're offended because I said something stupid, that's on me. I don't want that to happen. Don't you feel the same way? Never want to say or do anything that belittles her. You want to see everybody the way God sees them. Hallelujah. And you know what he sees? He don't see accents. He doesn't see hairstyles. He sees the heart. He sees the heart. Come on. And if you endeavor to see what he sees, man, you'll see treasures. You will see splendid, amazing things in people all around about you. And it'll bless you. And you'll be a blessing. First Samuel. Verse 12. Let's back up to verse 12 to get the context of how it built up to the Lord saying this. What had happened in chapter 1 is that Hannah couldn't have children. Then supernaturally, she conceived Samuel. She had told the Lord, you give me a child, you give me a son, I'll give him to you. And she did just what she said. Soon as he was weaned, she took him to the temple. Soon as he was able, I should say. And she left him with Eli the priest and the priest's family for him to be there and serve the Lord for his life. She said, I'll give him to you long as he lives. Well, Samuel was chosen of God to be a prophet to the nation and nations 
He's just a little boy at this point. Pretty soon, he's hearing the voice of the Lord. Didn't know it, who it was. You, you remember the story. But there were problems in this family that she dropped him into. You would think, living at the pastor's house <laughs> should be a good thing. <laughs> but with this bunch, it was not. His boys, Eli's boys, the Bible said, were sons of Belial, and they knew not the Lord. I want you to listen to other translations. The Young's literal, which is very accurate, says they were sons of worthlessness. Now this is key to understand because this keeps coming up throughout the passage. What did it say? Those that honor me. What's honoring about? Valuing. Worth. And what were they? Worthless. Amplified says base and worthless. They did not know nor regard the Lord. The BBE says, what we'd say today, good for nothing. Now keep reading, verse, verse 13. The priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came while the flesh was in seething with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand. He struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron, pot, all the fish hook brought up, the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites that came there. Also before they burnt the fat. The priest's servant came and said to the man that sacrificed. Give flesh to roast for the priest. He will not have sodden or boiled flesh of you. But raw. He wants it uncooked. If any man said don't let him fail to burn the fat. And then take as much as you want. They'd say no. But you'll give it to me now. And if not, I'll take it by force. Wherefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Well, that wouldn't have to happen to you but once. Until you wouldn't want to come back. How the people see the offerings is direct reflection of how the ministry sees the offerings. And how the ministry handles the offerings. Men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Why? Because these priests abhorred the offering of the Lord. You might not know the, the details, but the Lord told them exactly how to do this. And they were supposed to burn the fat. And they were supposed to do it a certain way. And they said, forget about that. I want this now. Give it to me. And the people said, well, no, no. Uh, let's do what the Lord said. And they said, no. You give it to me right now and I'll take it from you. Now, we're talking about how you get to verse 30. Them that honor me, I will honor. Those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. These men here, you never met them. They lived thousands of years ago. How do you think of them? You despise them. You know why you despise them? Because they despised the things of the Lord. Come on, can you see this, friends? They despised the offerings of the Lord. Verse 22. 
Eli was very old, heard all that his sons did to all Israel and how they, they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. They were having relations with these women. And he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all the people. No, my sons, it's no good report that I hear. You make the people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge will judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who will entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearkened not to the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. That's another way of saying judgment had already been decreed, because they were not going to repent. He knew it. This, boys, this is bad. I hear bad things. You shouldn't be doing this. It's too weak. Are you with me? What should have happened? What should have happened? Long ago, when it first started to go off, he should have had a real sit down with them. Is that right? He said, look, boys, I love you. You're my flesh. But these are the things of the Lord. You have to handle these offerings holy. You have to treat these duties holy. And if you don't, I'm going to pull you. I'm going to pull you out of your place. And then if they had ignored him and gone on and done it anyway, what should have happened? Come on, help me. What should have happened? He should have pulled them out. Yeah, but now what do they do to make a living? Well, that's, they're going to have to figure it out. Is that right? Yeah, but what about your relationship between them? They may hate you. They may despise you. You think that's hard? Let me tell you what's hard. Both your boys being killed in the prime of their life on the same day. That's hard. If you judge yourself, you won't be judged. Is that New Testament? Is that, that's New Testament. But if you won't. It was about the offerings primarily. Many people don't like talking about offerings. Do they? A lot of pastors are afraid to talk about tithing. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. Why? Well, I don't I don't want to offend anybody and they might leave and they might quit giving and besides that is that is that the important thing when Phyllis and I first began to learn about God's will being abundance changed our life anybody in here with me on that I mean we we grew up you know uh, we, we were blessed and we had our needs met but we didn't grow up you know in a mansion and when we found out that uh, Phyllis is looking at me like, that ain't, that ain't saying enough, mansion. <laughs> Our first home, she and I, when we got married, was a $3,500 mobile home. And, and we needed everything. And when we found out that God wanted to bless you, he would give you, he'd get, help you get a new car. He'd help you get new clothes. He'd help you get, we were just overjoyed overjoyed and that and, and we begin to learn about tithing and about sowing and about reaping that it actually worked and, and you could come up 
regardless of where you grew up or your, who you knew or didn't know or your education or lack thereof, we were overjoyed. And then I encountered people who despised it. Perhaps you've met some of them. People who would just, I mean, get angry to the point of violence over saying God would bless you materially and financially. And the the kickback was so strong that it just took me aback. I thought, what is this? Where is this coming from? That people get so mad and they get so upset over an offering. This that God was talking about honoring me. Was primarily over offerings. The first murder in the world. Was over an offering. Is the solution just get rid of the offerings? Is that the solution? Now don't get scared. We've already received the offering tonight. <laughs> There's not gonna we're not getting ready to make any kind of big pull. If you've been around, you know that's that's not how we do it. <laughs> but is there discomfort among many concerning offerings and concerning preachers, especially, or or ministers or or churches having anything of, of any value? Why do people get so angry? The Lord reminded me of the word when the woman took the alabaster box of ointment and put it on Jesus. The Bible said some of the people, some of Jesus' own staff, particularly Judas Iscariot, said they had indignation. Everybody say indignation. Indignation. What is indignation? It's anger. It's resentment. It's actually pain. If you look it up, it has to do with agony. It's the kind of thing that make you gnash your teeth. Over what? So the woman wanted to give Jesus a box of perfume and open it first. So what? What's that to you? It's not your money. It's not coming out of your pocket. Is that right? It's not taking anything away from you. Why would you get so mad? And get so indignant? And talk about the poor? Why? It doesn't make sense. That's one of the things I said I've looked for for years. I'd get a little piece of it here and there, but I still knew there's more. Why do people get so upset about this? Because if you really didn't care about money, it wouldn't bother you how much anybody had or what they did with it, if you really didn't care. And if you cared for the poor, you'd do something for the poor. You wouldn't be going around looking at what everybody else is doing. You'd do something. There's hypocrisy. Go to Genesis 4. Let's look at this. What happened here? Thank you for believing with me. We're going to get free. And people around us are going to get free. Hallelujah. And we're going to honor the Lord. 
in ways we haven't done so before. Hallelujah. And it's not just about money now. Don't, don't think. It's not just about money. So many different ways this comes out. And we're going to honor him more than we ever have before. And it's going to open the windows of heaven on us in some things. He's going to honor us. It's going to be in the forms of promotion. It's going to be in the form of added revelation. Added anointing. Gifts of the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And abilities materially and financially. Buildings and lands and equipment. Media. Come on, are you listening? God adding these things to you is honor. Honor. You might say, well, I'm, I'm a mechanic, Brother Keith. You can have the nicest shop in three states. Come on, are you listening to me? You can have skill and anointing. You can come up to a car and lay your hands on it and know by a word of knowledge what's going on in there. And because you got the latest, greatest gear and 12 people to help you that are well paid. Yeah, Come on, are you listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be a witness. Yeah. Witness. And why would God do all that for you? Because you honored him. You honored him in numerous ways. You didn't do it because you was trying to get something from him. You did it because you love him. And because you genuinely value him in your heart and mind. And he knew it. And he saw it. And he's a good daddy. Hallelujah. And if you valued what he gave you. You know immediately what he's going to do. He's going to give you more. He's going to give you more. Genesis 4. Verse 1. Adam knew Eve his wife. And she conceived. And bare Cain. Everybody say firstborn. 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 The firstborn has the firstborn birthright. The firstborn also has responsibility that goes with that to lead the family. You're going to inherit the leadership when your father passes on. And you are to carry the family name and lead the family in the things that matter. And who does this come on? Cain. Firstborn. She said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. As far as we know, it was the first to happen like this. She again bare his brother Abel. So this is baby boy. Cain's the firstborn. Baby brother. Baby brother. Reckon they had any good times growing up together? Playing together? Sure, sure. sure they did. Abel, when he grew up, he became a keeper of sheep. Shepherd. Cain was a tiller of the ground. He's a farmer. Grows crops. In the process of time. So some time passed. We don't know how long. Back then they're living hundreds of years. But Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering. Everybody say an offering. An offering. 
Obviously this is something they did. Not because there was a law. There was no law. <laughs> Here's some, some people say well, tithing was under the law. And we've been redeemed from it. Abraham tithed when there were no scriptures telling him to. Where did he get it? It didn't start with him. It went all the way back to the first people on the planet. Why are they bringing offerings? To hear some people talk today, you think, well, the Lord don't care about all that. He doesn't care about all that. Shouldn't talk much about it. Play it down. Don't just, you know, all this talk about money makes me mad. Why? Everybody say why. Why? Why does it make you mad what I do with my money? Why would that make you mad? <laughs> say it out loud. Why? Why? Why would you care? So Cain brought an offering. He brought from his crops. It doesn't say anything about what kind of offering he brought, which tells you a lot. Because we get a good description of Abel's offering. And when it comes to Cain's offering, it's just said he brought one. He brought one. And uh, Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. A lot more type and room given to Abel's offering. It was first and it was fat. <laughs> so it said out loud, the first one and the fat one. And, I, and all of us around here know the sheep's name. Fluffy. <laughs> no, I didn't get a special revelation. We just, we just named the sheep that. Fluffy. Who, who's Fluffy? Fluffy has won the county fair three years in a row. Got ribbons on the wall. Fluffy. Abel came out and he said, it's offering time, offering time. He didn't wait till he got to church and said, I forgot it was offering time. Before, everybody say before, before, before he got to church. He was singing about the offering. Somebody say before he came, he was thinking about his offering. Why? Why was he thinking about the offering? Because this is important to him. It matters to him. It's significant to him. And he uh, he went out to his flock. We don't know how long he's been doing this. How many sheep he's got. He might have a thousand. He might have more than that. I don't know. He's looking out over Rex. Rex is a good sheep. <laughs> but you know he's got that little off color thing on his shoulder so Nah, no, Rex. Sassy. That's Sassy's good sheep. Got a little bit of attitude, but you know. Good sheep. Dolly's good sheep. BB, good sheep. JoJo's good sheep. Good sheep. Good sheep. They're all good sheep. 
He didn't just grab one and go. Oh, come on. I said he didn't just grab one and go. He's looking, he's looking, looks at him. And he saw Fluffy. 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 Oh, Fluffy. And it was like the sun shined right on Fluffy, right? When he when he saw it. Fluffy gave him that pose. And he thought, oh man, Fluffy. Fluffy out. Fluffy is the best. She's the best sheep on planet Earth. And he took Fluffy to give Fluffy to the Lord. Did that honor the Lord? What happened when he honored the Lord? Immediately. The Lord honored him. He brought of the firstlings and the flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering and everybody must have known it how did they know it he expressed it somehow his words his presence everybody knew God is very pleased with Abel on this is this about a sheep uh uh-uh. it ain't about a sheep what's it about It's about love and respect. It's about love and honor. Come on, can you see this? Nobody made him do this. And the Lord had respect to his. Verse 5. But to Cain and his offering, he had not respect. Does the Lord receive all offerings? I'm getting ready to to say one of those strong things here in just a minute. And then we're going to close and I'm going to let you heal up. And and we'll come back tomorrow night. And (laughs) I'm exaggerating. Cain and his offering, he what? What did the Lord say about Cain's offering? So how did that work? Cain has brought his offering. He gave it to the Lord. Didn't say he didn't give anything. He did. And what's the Lord's response? I'm not receiving that. Why would the Lord not respect Cain's offering with the verses you've already heard tonight? Why would that be? Because Cain didn't show respect. He honors those that honor him. So if he's not honoring Cain, what do we know? Cain didn't honor him. He grabbed something, something he didn't care whether he lost or not. It was perfunctory. It was routine. It was go through the motion. It was okay. Here you go. Heart wasn't in it. What kind of giver does God love? Come on, help me out here. This is not about a sheep. This is not about money. This is about heart. Love. Without reading all of it, Cain got angry. Does that sound familiar? Unreasonably. We'll read it. Cain was very wroth. And his countenance fell. A combination of things is rage and depression. 
Why? Remember we've been asking the question. Why? Why does he care that baby brother wants to give his best sheep? Why does he care? Why would you kill somebody, murder somebody over an offering? Even your baby brother. Why would you do it? When it happened, God said to him, what have you done? Why am I talking about all this? We're answering the question, why people get so upset. Today. This hasn't changed. It's the same today. Does it make sense that you would get in a rage and depressed and be ready to murder somebody over their offering? What's that got to do with you? Why did he kill him? First John tells you. First John 3 and 12. Don't be like Cain who was of the wicked one and slew his brother. Why did he kill him? Wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Read the next verse. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. Why did he murder his own brother over an offering? Because Abel's strong offering showed Cain's lack of love and lack of honor. Abel didn't do one thing to his brother. This wasn't about him and his brother. It's between him and God. Come on, can you see this? But when he, when he did this, it became obvious, not just to God and Cain, but anybody else that saw it, that he didn't love God like his brother did. And the desire to honor God wasn't there like it was with Abel. And when you come face to face with that, it's not pretty, is it? It's not pretty. You'll do one of two things. You'll either humble yourself and repent. And that's what the Lord wanted him to do, isn't it? He said, if you do well, won't you be received? What's he saying? Boy, just... Just go back and do what you know you should do. Go, go do what you know you should do. Do what you had in your heart to start with. And come on back. I'll receive you. It'll all be good. But if you don't. Sin's at the door. He's warning him. If you don't. You either humble yourself and repent. Or you harden yourself. And resist. And the moment you do, you're open to believing lies. Immediately, when he didn't repent, the enemy came and said, It's that brother of yours. He's your problem. He's standing between you. He's the one who's made you look like a fool, and on and on and on. Rage, depression, and it worked in him until he acted on it. Maybe we'll come back to this, but why did Cain kill Abel? The same reason the scribes and Pharisees killed Jesus. 
The same reason. He said they hate me. The world hates me. Because I testify of it. That its works are evil. That's why the world hates me. And he said and if they hated me. They're going to hate you too. Let me say it another way. Why did they hate him? Why did scribes and Pharisees hate him so much? He wouldn't tell them. What they were doing was okay. He wouldn't tell them. What made Cain so, so furious? God wouldn't tell him, oh, it's okay. You, you tried. It's okay. There is tremendous pressure on all us ministers and believers everywhere to be conformed to this world. Oh, come on, are you listening? Don't hold up a standard. Tell everybody you're okay. Just like you are. I I know you don't give, but it's okay. You don't tithe, but it's okay. You don't serve, but it's okay. You come twice a year, but it's okay. Just just do. It's not okay. I said it's not okay. And I'm not talking about judging. I'm not talking about being mean. You just don't tell people it's okay when it's not okay. Come on, are you with me? Yes, sir. And if they want to get mad because we love God and want to give big and believe big and do big. Yeah, yeah. The problem, it's not our problem. It's their problem. And we do not need to let them shame us or try to push us down. To saying, well, okay, just, just do it your way. It's, it's okay. Everybody has their own beliefs and their own way that they do things. No, no. If Jesus is your Lord, you're supposed to do it His way. Not just any way and every way. I'm not try- talking trying to be mean and judgmental and run people off. I'm not talking about that. But you don't smile and back off and hide stuff and tell people it's okay. When it's not okay. God. We're children of God. We need to act like our father. Is that right? Be ye imitators of God as dear children. And when Cain didn't do what he should have done. What God do? He looked him in the eye and said I'm not receiving that. Didn't he? It made him murderously mad. But. He could have repented. And things have been great. What are we talking about? Honor. An increase. Honor. An increase. How many have a stirring in their heart? You want to honor God more than you ever. This is, don't don't think money. Don't think, well, I I can't give much. Forget about that. This ain't about that. Remember the woman with two mites? This ain't about amount. This ain't about money. It's about heart. It's about how you see something. The place it has in your heart. Hallelujah. And that place is what you give it. 
Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, praise you. Praise you. Close your eyes and put your hands on your, one on your chest, one on your stomach. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Pray it if you mean it, if it's in your heart. If not, don't, don't pray it. Father God, forgive me for any time that I didn't honor you or your people or your things as I should have. I choose to. It is my desire. Work in me to will and to do of all your good pleasure. Teach me about honoring you. Enlarge my heart. I open my heart to you. I seek your glory. I seek your honor. Help me to see it. Help me to show it. And may it be seen by others in my life. Oh, hallelujah. Pray in the Spirit some about it. Pray in the Spirit some about it. Oh, vent mani, oh, so siji. Oh, vent mangalic, blank mangaskeseric, jote. Pray this out loud with me, Father God. Enlighten the eyes of my heart and understanding. Enable me to see things. To see people through your eyes. To see their value. To see their worth as you do. That I may honor them in the measure they deserve. Oh, hallelujah. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.